Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. Hey, Coast. This month is Sexual Health Awareness Month. And we partnered with our friends KY Canada to bring you four amazing episodes centered around your sexual health. Full disclosure, this episode brought up the most for me. We got a chance to chat with Des, who's been in an open relationship with his partner for over 35 years. It was incredibly insightful to hear someone speak so plainly about what a non-conventional relationship is really like and what it's tied to in his life. Being someone who has been cheated on numerous times, the idea of being with someone else while in a relationship always shakes me. And the reason why I love doing this podcast is that it forces me to always take a look inside myself to wonder why I feel the way I feel. Cheating has nothing to do with being in an open relationship. Des also related quite a bit about his decision to be based on his Jamaican upbringing. Being Jamaican and transparently using my trauma as a shield to at first have a knee-jerk reaction, I was taken aback because his reality just wasn't mine. When debriefing with Cleo, who is also Jamaican, it was nice to come to the conclusion that just as blackness is not a monolith, neither is being Caribbean and more specifically Jamaican. As always, I hope you listen with an open heart and would love to discuss further with any of you. These are the kind of topics that almost make me want to hop back on Clubhouse. Different perspectives are seriously where we humans find the most growth. With love. So we have a very special guest with us today. He is a person who is in one of these uh, unconventional relationships, if you will. And we also have his partner a little bit later on in the segment. So Des, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> it's like the WBLK radio voice. I love it. <laughs> So Des, you and Jess have been partners for 36 years. When did you realize you wanted to be in, in an ethically non-monogamous relationship? And did you even did it even have a name when you guys decided? Or is it something that, that has changed over the years? I don't think we ever made a conscious decision to um, have a relationship the way that, uh, you know, it's been defined here. Um, mm -hmm. We never really sat down and thought, well, this is what we're going to do. Um, and this is how we're going to do it. It sort of came around naturally. I guess uh, it was a conscious decision. It began when I met her. So that's when things began, I imagine. But uh, from having other relationships with women prior to me knowing her, um, I made some conscious decisions about how I'm going to treat the relationship and the other individual that was involved in it. And uh, from those decisions and her agreement to be uh, in a relationship with me, uh, it evolved from there. You have to remember this was 36 years ago. But all these right. words you're talking about were never, were never used. They were never defined. Um, and we did not, We never wanted to define our relationship anyhow as being any one thing or another. It was never important for us to have or to fit into a category. Or We were, we were never 
we just had a relationship. We didn't try to define it as this or that. Did both of you ha- come from previous relationships that were similar? Both of you had relationships before that weren't defined? Or did did you guys have relationships that were very structured before? Well, I can mostly speak for myself. I guess my definition of a relationship was based from the relationships that I had as a child with other people, the way that I saw people love each other, the way that I saw them relate to each other. So. Mm-hmm. As a result of growing up that way, I began to feel that if I was to have a relationship with a woman or, you know, partner into the future, I would want to it to be more like the way that I grew up. They're more like the relationships that I grew up having. Right. As well, my personality type suggested that I did not want to be defined as right. any one thing or another. Further to that, and then I think we're going to touch on this later, but I'm wondering, because you just brought it up, do you find it helpful that there are all these names and titles for things now, or do you find it almost more restrictive and strange to have six definitions of relationships? You well, I nothing? think it might, it might be helpful for other people. Right. Um, but uh, so that they can fit into a category. I find that okay. um, a lot of people want to be categorized. Right. I've always uh, I've always thought of myself as out of the box or mm-hmm. and, and many different things, not any one particular thing. You just mentioned that it wasn't necessarily a standard conversation of agreeing upon terms. But let's say for our listeners where someone's in a relationship where they're thinking that they want to be less conventional... What advice would you give when approaching that conversation with your partner? Well, we were never trying to be unconventional. Um, what I'd have to step back and uh, just say this. I had many relationships with women uh, prior to this relationship. And I'm sure that uh, uh, my partner, Jess, has had relationships with men. Being from a Caribbean descent, there's always the wanting to have more than one woman, you know, this kind of a thing. And um, uh, and I found it to be a little bit disingenuous. I've always felt that it's okay to love more than one person. I love many people in my life. And so um, uh, because I cared for one woman did not necessarily mean that I didn't, I couldn't care for another woman, uh, another person, as well as I didn't want anyone to put any restrictions on me. So um, it really came to be more of an attempt to be honest with someone about what your intentions are and who you are as a person. That's where it stemmed from. You know, I explained who I was and and the fact that I couldn't lie and say that this is the only kind of or the only individual, you're the only one that I will ever be attracted to. And so um, out of respect for her, out of respect for women or somebody that I care for, I didn't feel it necessary for me to try to deceive them. And so I attempted to be honest with them um, at the risk of them rejecting me and the relationship. And um, that's where it began. That's how things began out of that attempt. Do you f- did you find that people did reject it? Like how, what was the response? Well, uh, oddly enough, it, um, Jess is not the first person that I um, had uh, used this approach with. And it was quite the contrary. 
women appreciated the fact that uh, they were not going to be lied to. They'd been lied to so much uh, by so many men in the past that they really appreciated hearing the truth. And um, uh, they were willing to accept it um, for probably many reasons. Um, but uh, maybe they thought they could change me uh, and convince me otherwise. But um, but they were willing to accept it. They were they, they were surprised and you know, enthused by finally somebody who's willing to be honest with them about the way that they feel. So I think that dovetails really well into their misconceptions surrounding non-monogamous relationships. Obviously, we hear this a lot. Word on the street is that people who are in these kinds of relationships are like sex crazed, commitment phobic people who want to have their cake and eat it too. So do you and Jess have rules or boundaries about how this works? And is it actually equal? Because I think what happens a lot of what we get inside of our mind a lot about these relationships is that men can do what they want and the women can't. So is this a, an all players are an equal ground situation? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Well... It ends up being that way if you're if you're really attempting to be honest with yourself. But as a man, um, you know, it's a double standard initially because you always want to say, I, I want to be able to play around and do whatever I want to do. But, uh, you know, you got to follow the rules. Uh, but if you're going to be honest with yourself, that can't happen. Whatever the goose does or the gander does, the goose can do too. And uh, you have to be honest about that. And as time uh, went on, that's one of the most important things that I think people have to realize. Um, the a woman <clears throat> has the same amount of ability to be attracted to another man as a man has to be has to be attracted to another woman. So therefore, um, one has to then redefine the relationship to determine whether or not that relationship is based upon uh, a an exclusive physical sexual relationship. And if it is, then you couldn't possibly exist in this kind of uh, understanding. So for me, it was simple. This woman obviously had been in relationships with other men before and was probably involved in different kinds of intimate acts. <clears throat> but yet still, I found her attractive. Yet still, I didn't have any problem with putting my lips on hers, you know, um, although they had been on other men. So I didn't think that that was the primary focus of our attraction towards each other. And once I started to delve into that and look into myself, I began to realize that if I 
can be attracted to another woman. And if I, in fact, was attracted to other women and had relationships before, then I would have to apply the same rule to her and give her out of respect. And if I thought she was my equal, the same consideration. And then I was going to have to deal with that myself. Before, I wasn't encouraging it. I was not encouraging it at all. No, Was there ever any fear around like losing the love? Like that Jess might fall in love with somebody else, not just to have a physical thing. But was there any kind of fear or insecurity about Jess falling in love with somebody else? There's always that fear. Um, there's there, you know, but you have those fears and those insecurities. And I guess you have to balance them against your own confidence that you have in yourself. And I discovered that it was too much of a burden to be always worried about that. And uh, it made me look weak. And as a man, I didn't want to look weak and needy and uh, be talking about my feelings too much, you know, but there's always a fear that somebody else may steal her heart. The physical part of it wasn't as much of a problem for me. Uh, You know, I wasn't afraid of that, but I was afraid that they would steal her heart. But at the same time, I wasn't wanting to be responsible emotionally for someone exclusively for the rest of their life. And I don't like to be trapped. I don't like people to tell me that I have to be here or have to do anything. Uh, I choose my own master. I make my own decisions. And so I didn't want to trap her. I didn't have the need to feel that she had to be here because of uh, some obligation or, or, or norm, social norm. I wanted her to be with me because she wanted to be with me. I wanted her to enjoy it. And so my fear was and is, there's always that fear. Let's be honest, there's always that fear. But uh, there was more confidence than there was fear. So therefore, the fear is, is not relevant. It's, it's, not, it's not something that I worry about. For our gentlemen listening, how did you build up that confidence? Because it, it sounds obviously effortless as you're saying it, but we know a lot of men who can struggle with actually having that confidence and being able to say, I'm doing everything in my power, but I'm not losing sleep over the fact that I can't control X, Y, Z. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you can't provide everything that everyone needs. You know, every all of us have got friends. And our friends occupy different roles in our life. And I want, I wanted to encourage her initially for selfish reasons to have other relationships because it was going to be too difficult for me to try to satisfy all of those needs. And as she began to have other relationships, friendly relationships, I assume (laughs) with, with, with men, then that made our relationship better. Because she understood me more. We had more of a friendship than a romantic, defined, socially defined relationship. So the basis of our relationship was a friendly, loving relationship. And when you have a friend that you love, you and you say you love people, depends what you call love, of course, right? When you say you love someone, you always want the best for them. And unfortunately, sometimes we are not the best for someone else. And once you recognize that fact that you you may not be the best that that person needs at that given time and you accept it, then you no longer have to fear it. And that's how I would say a man needs to be 
so that he can uh, be more uh, confident and real about the situation. I think it's a way more dangerous to live in a fantasy world and then have that all blown up by the reality uh, later. And if you're stuck in this, if you put yourself into this cubicle where your world is destroyed, if somebody else looks at someone else, is attracted to somebody else, or acts on any of those feelings, whether it be physical or intimately, uh, with the, you know, I mean, emotionally with the person, right? Then <laughs> there's no way you can ever recover from that because you already said it 10,000 times. You believe it that if this person has any other kind of relationship with anybody else, you're, they are rejecting you. So you don't, you know, some men don't even want their woman to have friends with, the, with other women, much less friends with another man. And um, I can't live my life in fear and insecurity like that. And I would suggest that any other man that's out there, don't put yourself in that position. Don't make yourself that weak and that vulnerable and then complain about it. Thank you for sharing that insight, Des. Once you and Justice started, decided to start your family and have children, did you ever have a fear that either one of you would change your mind regarding the parameters of your relationship as you both were growing and changing? Well, what Marley said, everything is just for a while. And so, you know, if you start with that, you'll recognize that everything that you have in your life does won't last forever. So you best enjoy it. So with that, I just said about being a good father and uh, and being a good friend and realizing that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know if I will stay attracted to this person or our relationship will work out. And I don't know if they will stay attracted to me and our relationship, you know, it will still continue. As you get older, you start to wonder about whether or not you could have another relationship. You start to wonder whether or not anybody would um, would be okay or deal with you because, you know, you're a little bit freaky and weird sometimes. You got some odd things you do. So sometimes you just stay with the person because you don't believe that anybody else would be able to accept you. As far as the children go, I didn't have a fear that we would have, we would break up or my fear was more for the children. My fear was more for being able to be there with them as a father and occupy the role that I, I've always envisioned myself as occupying as a parent. So uh, my concern was to give them the best chance at having a healthy relationship and having both a father and a mother influenced in their life. Were you worried about having to explain to them your relationship and how it might differ from traditional monogamous relationships, <laughs> even though a lot of monogamous relationships aren't monogamous anyway. <laughs> but um, I wonder if you thought that you had to explain in any way or worried about explaining the construct of your relationship with Jess to your kids. Well, yeah, you always worry about that. You worry about your kids finding out a lot of shit. Right? You know? So, you know, part of um, part of parenting is also um, being a very good, uh, at least in the first part of their life, uh, I guess a little bit of a liar. You know, you tell them things that they don't uh, need to know right now uh, because they can't process it. But as far as defining what it was and what we are in, I'm a Jamaican. And so coming here to Canada, can Canadians had a different concept of what a relationship is than where I came from. Most uh, Jamaican households uh, during my time were single family households that were uh, run by the woman. 
primarily because the men were elsewhere. So like my mother and father, for example, were never married. And so when he came here, there was a lot of names being used. People said, so you're illegitimate. And um, I thought that's pretty legitimate. But um, they they felt that uh, they needed to categorize me. So I rebelled against that. And I have an attitude where I don't think that I um, fit into any one particular category. And I never wanted to categorize the relationship or define it uh, because of that reason. But also, as I saw the kids get older, I didn't want them to start to categorize themselves as being any one thing or another. And so I felt it uh, necessary not to start to uh, make up rules, regulations uh, uh, that are going to last for a lifetime with somebody and affect their ability to have relations or relationships with people into the future. For some of our audience members wanting to explore more unconventional relationships like this um, in a mostly monogamous dating landscape, we use that term loosely, what would be your most helpful tip? Mostly monogamous. Um, Well, what I would say is, you know, just be honest with yourself first uh, and then with your partner. Um, Wherever possible, don't lie. Don't lie uh, about the way in which you feel. Don't lie about the fact that you're a human being. And, uh, you know, for example, you may be walking down the street and see somebody who's attractive. That's of the opposite sex. Um, You shouldn't have to be ashamed to say, I find that person attractive. And um, you should also be willing to hear that back from your partner and not feel insecure or diminished in any way, shape or form. And, um, you know, focus on the friendship. Uh, Too many people have this idea of what love is and what it should be, and um, the rules that govern a relationship. All of these things have probably been set in their mind from a very early age, depending on how they were shown love and what they define as love or what their uh, belief or their parents' belief of a relationship should be, uh, followed by society and the contract of marriage, followed by all these other things that are happening right now. People have got these ideas and these ideals made up in their head of what's going to happen before it even happens. So therefore, if anything goes a little bit different, um, they find themselves in a situation where they feel that they've failed within the relationship. And um, uh, that's just not true. You need to, to care for the person and you need to consider the other person's point of view and you need to give them the opportunity to grow. Because if you keep them in the cage, they're not going to grow and you're not going to go anywhere. I just have a follow-up question to the one before. We were talking about um, kids and you had brought up being Jamaican and how that was something that you were raised with. So my upbringing is very different, but I think my my family, my dad came had, had from a two-parent home, but very strictly religious. So kind of different. Um, and then he went off to school in the UK and um, and then, of course, married my mother um, there. So it's very different um, upbringing. But I wonder if you you kind of t- spoke about the Jamaican piece, the Caribbean piece. And I wonder, not to speak for Jen, but why is that like important? Because Jen wasn't raised in the Caribbean. She's not Caribbean. She She adopted this lifestyle or she had this lifestyle before. Um, do you think it's that it was just social, socially how the grouping that you were raised with um, led you to the understanding that monogamy wasn't something of favor 
or that it was just something that um, you would push against because the negative words that people use when you came to Canada, like uh, illegitimate, um, you know, th those horrible words that people use when, when your family structure is different. Um, is it something, I don't know, it's like a roundabout question, but does it really have to do with where you're, where you're from or, um, or how you're socialized or pushing against the North American ideal? Well, you know, where you're from shapes sometimes where you're at and, and maybe where you're going. So um, I think it begins in, in, in the family group that you're in, where that group or that social group has got a certain understanding about certain things or uh, belief. Um, and I also believe that it, it's, it has to do with how you show love and how you understand love. And so <clears throat> I was loved different ways by different people. And uh, the construct of the love that I was given uh, never had anything to do with uh, the exclusivity because these people loved me, but they also loved other people. And I learned how to love there. Um, some people in some societies, even, even the Caribbean society, don't know how to show love uh, in an overt way. Uh, they don't touch. They don't say, I love you. They don't kiss each other all the time. Uh, so this is a Caribbean way, but it doesn't mean that they don't love each other because they they do things that are loving. They, 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 there's acts that are acts of love. And so within that, your background certainly has something to do with it. But once you get past that initial part of your life, you have to make a conscious decision as to what it is you want to have uh, and what it is you want to call love. And is love um, something that only centers around you and your likes and dislikes, your rules and regulations? Or is the love that you have one that would allow other people to exist as who they are? And when you see them, are you willing to exchange your ideas with them and, and still love them even though they disagree with you? Or do you want to change them into something else uh, that you had when you uh, embarked upon your fantasy of what a loving relationship should be? Because let's face it, most of the things that people believe the relationship is supposed to be is based on a fantasy, you know, Disney or some book they read or something mom or dad told them and drilled into their head over their lifetime that says that you must do this at this stage in life. You have to do that. You got to be this. You got to do that. If you're not, then you're a failure somehow. And so, yeah, culture has something to do with it. The ability for you to get these values have to come from somewhere. And a lot of women that I found earlier on in my relationship did not have any idea of how to be loved. I was talking about loving someone. They had no idea how to be loved. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, <laughs> once if you loved them, you showed them love. They thought you were weak. They thought that you were a pussy because you were telling them that you had these feelings for them. And they would immediately go and be with somebody else. They wanted a bad boy, somebody who didn't, because they didn't think very much of themselves. They, they had low self-esteem and they wanted to be with you because they thought you had a higher self-esteem. And the moment you saw, saw something that was good about them, then all of a sudden they thought that you were a fool because how could you be that smart if you don't see that I'm damaged goods here? And so they, they were no, no longer attracted to you. And I believe it started early in life where uh, somebody in their life 
um, that was supposed to love them was loving them with that negative energy. And uh, that's their definition of love. So, you know, it depends on what you call love, because usually whatever you call love, you're going to get that. And I think the definition, yeah, that that hit hard. And the definition of love has changed over time. I want to touch on the connection of people's idea of love and marriage. How do you see that changing in the future? Because we've already seen such a change of people wanting these traditional weddings, let's say 20 years ago. And today it seems to be less common that people are so keen to get married before settling down or even starting a family. Well, probably a lot less Disney movies. Going around. So, so, you know, the fantasy is not, not there. Um, when it comes to traditional or untraditional, you know, these things, again, are a society putting this heavy burden upon people to achieve certain things in certain ways. For me, it's a prophecy. Jamaicans would say prophecy fulfilled. Because when we came here, Everybody had this nuclear family and the mother and the father and the white picket fence and everything was perfect. But behind closed doors, it was all blown up and people hated each other. They hated their life. They hated their children. Everything was going all crazy. Didn't come from that. So to watch it happen now where people are actually being more honest within the relationships and finding that they're unhappy and then going out and seeking to find happiness before their life ends even though it destroys the family as they know it. Uh, and they have to come up with a new sort of, uh, uh, they have to make new arrangements so that this family can try to uh, exist or coexist. <laughs> to me, it was bound to happen. It was bound to happen because it was, <clears throat> most of the relationships are, were, were not honest to begin with. So back to the, the advice is when you're honest, it's much more likely that you're going to be um, having a long-lasting relationship. And on all the rest of the societal things, these are, um, I may offend a few people, but to me, they're mostly lies. It's bullshit that people tell each other. It's bullshit that the guy tells a girl so that he can get her, right? It's bullshit that the girl tells the guy so, you know, he doesn't know what she's doing because women are always sneakier than men. And, you know, it's 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 all lies. And when the truth comes out, then everything blows up and everybody everybody becomes a victim and everybody suffers. And usually it's the kids because they were they They've been telling the same lies to the kids. They've been telling them that mom and dad, we live in a perfect life and everything is never going to change. And then all of a sudden, one day, you know, things get found out and it blows up and the kids don't trust anyone anymore. They don't trust anybody of the opposite sex. They have uh, anger towards their parents because they thought this was going to last forever. And everything is just for a while. What about in-laws? Um, did you have any, oh. <laughs> have any experience, any drama with the in-laws explaining to them? I, I hear by your response, it wasn't a smooth sailing all the way. But how well, did you do coming from a mixed race uh, relationship, the, um, there's uh, a number of different hurdles that one would have to uh, overcome. There's also a difference in age between myself and Jess. So there's there's always that doubt. Um, if I was going to approach the in-laws, uh, I would have to say that I would do it this way. I'd have to look at myself and I'd have to say to myself, hmm, would I want my daughter to be with a guy like me? And uh there's yes and no to that question, to that answer, pardon me. But once I look at myself, then I, I want to determine how can I be 
what these people want me to be to their daughter. Okay. And do they just hate me because um, the father wants to be the uh, dominant one and uh, the, the, I'm taking his place as the man in his daughter's life. I need to earn his respect and, and they need to earn mine because it's not a given. It's not a given that I should respect them just because they exist. And sometimes they may want to be in my family. They, they are eventually going to be in my family. So do they deserve to just be given a pass or should they have to prove themselves to? So in-laws are a tricky situation. You know, you got to you have to get along with them. If you want to have uh, peace in your life and you're not trying to pit your partner against her family, you have to get along with them. But at the same time, they also have to show you the respect. However, you coming into that situation, you have to earn it. And I'm not there to to live up to their standards per se. I'm there because uh, they've given me somebody who who I care about. And uh, mostly I'm grateful for that. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have this individual that I can call uh, my partner, my love, my friend. And um, and then the rest of it is just decency, courtesy, and respect. Do you feel like your relationship with Jess would have lasted had it been a monogamous relationship? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, what? I, I see. I, I don't know what that is. Um, you know, this is the norm for me. This is the way that that it needs to be. So I I can't even envision it being something else. Um, You know, trust is a very interesting thing that needs to be developed over a period of time um, by two people. I need to trust her and she needs to trust me. And um, I'm going to end with this story because I think that it has, uh, I hope my children aren't listening, but um, I think it has uh, some meaning. So some years ago, a number of friends and and myself were going to, to Cuba on a trip. And so when... Packing, I was getting helped. And uh, I, I noticed I came back in and I looked on the bed and uh, on my bag, pardon me, and there was, uh, there was a box of condoms. I, go, I didn't put those there. <clears throat> They're my brand, but I didn't put them there. <clears throat> so I took them out and I put them back where the condoms are usually stored, right next to the bed. <clears throat> so uh, I later came, uh, getting ready, just about to leave, and I noticed they were back in the... Uh, in, 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 in the suitcase. And I thought, huh, this is a trap. 
This is a trap because you think I'm stupid. Of course, I'm going to bring the condoms back. I'll buy another box if that's what my intention was. You really think I'm that dumb? So anyhow, I, I, I couldn't help this. At, at Scratchy Itch and asked, what's going on? And, um, you know, she was quite honest with me. Um, she said to me that, look, <laughs> I know what these guys are doing when they go on these trips. You, you, I heard you guys talking. I know what they go to Cuba to do. And I said, well, you think I'm going to do that too? She goes, I don't know if you're will or you won't, but, um, you know, I'm just putting these in there just in case. And I'm going, come on, you're trying to trap me into saying something or, or, or you, you know, if you want to ask me a question, ask me. So she said to me, listen, all I'm saying to you is this. If you do go and if you do do anything, if you're tempted to do anything, just wear some protection and uh, come back here to me and the kids and don't bring anything back that can hurt any of us. And within that moment, it changed my life. In this way, it's that the same things that I was talking about before the very beginning of the relationship, <laughs> the one that says that um, I'm not looking at her uh, as 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 being or I don't want her to look at me as being just exclusive physically. And that's all that matters to the relationship, that it's a way more than that. Right. The same the same kind of a principle she had adapted um, and sh she was honest with it. She's not looking forward, encouraging me to do anything. But the most important part of it was for me to come back intact, the same person that I was before, and so on and so forth. Now, I had no intentions of going on with any of those shenanigans in Cuba. <clears throat> However, <clears throat> the fact that somebody was so comfortable and trusting in me to say to me that, okay, even if you do it and you come back, the same person, the same love, the same everything, I'll be okay with it, made me as a man not want to do it. I wasn't going to do it anyhow, but for sure now I didn't want to do it because she was trying to sell me that I can do it. And I hate when women try to tell me that I, I should do something or because I make the decisions. So it was it was a strange thing. It's a strange psychology that only men understand if it's well, sometimes if something is not taboo, then it's no longer exciting or fun to do it. Bad boy stuff. <laughs> Thanks to our friends at KY Canada for partnering with us on this episode. Remember to follow them at KY Canada on all social media platforms. Cows, you know what to do. Rate this podcast five stars on Apple and don't forget to follow us on Spotify. You can continue keeping up with our adventure on the gram at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Now go tell your friends about it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.